We're getting there. We're going to do this thing. Welcome to Rich in Relationship. And today I'm in Chicago and I thought I'd share this amazing view of the water while I run my mouth because who knows, it might be more interesting than what I have to say. You never know. So we're talking about recovering your sense of self when recovering from a toxic relationship. And generally, this happens when in some way you've created safety for yourself. And we've talked in previous episodes, chapters about this, about creating safety for yourself. Excuse me, I'm just going to enable live transcription. And so what I'm saying is, once we've gotten safety from ourselves, for ourselves, from the toxic spouse, partner, parent, the other parent, once we've gotten that safety, we now have the space to discover what are the parts of ourselves that we twisted or changed or lopped off in order to try and make the relationship or the marriage work, right? And the reason why we have that space is we're no longer directly under their influence. We've created barriers, fences. Um, we've created boundaries. To, so that we feel safer, we've decided that we're not going to receive their toxicity anymore because we're not receiving, because we're no longer being poisoned. We now have the opportunity to see who we are on our own, which is huge, right? Get it that this is huge. So how do we do this? I think the first is to inventory the relationship. Right. And very often these toxic relationships are characterized by a pervasive unconscious feeling of unhappiness that in some way we are not being allowed to uh, be feel fulfilled and that we are jumping through all the hoops to try and make the relationship work. And yet we never seem to get it right. I mean, the flavor in the toxic relationship is we're doing everything we can and still we're wrong. And so if that's an experience that you've been having in a toxic relationship, this is the perfect episode for you because the trick is to start first examining what were all the ways that I tried to make it right? Because in those things, in those moments, is the places where we lopped off a part of ourselves or where we twisted a part of ourselves or maybe we compromised a value. So one place to look is where was it that I felt unhappy? What was going on that I felt unhappy? Because when we feel unhappy, basically we're out of touch with ourselves. The stress that's coming up in that unhappiness, that happiness is a result of stress and the stress is the difference between who we're forcing ourselves to be in that moment and who we really authentically are. So we can begin to identify who we authentically are by first identifying where we were inauthentically being the person that we thought they wanted us or needed us to be to make the relationship work. And there are going to be two areas where that shows up. One is going to be where are the places that I did it so that 
they wouldn't explode, so that they wouldn't drink, so that they wouldn't um, make a scene with other people, so that whatever, whatever, however the toxicity shows up, what are the things that I did to try and manage them, right? Well, a lot, a lot of this is about managing them. Who do I need to be to manage them, to keep them in a box where things are okay? And then the second place is, where are the places that I tried to manage them for the well-being of our children? Right? And very often when we leave a toxic spouse, it's because we find we can no longer protect our children from that person. That our children either are becoming like that person or they're being hurt by that person or more likely both of those things are going on. Who did we become to protect our children? What values did we give up to protect our children? Did we allow ourselves knowingly to be verbally and emotionally abused to keep our children from receiving that? Which Yes, not unusual for that to happen. So we want to look at those areas first. And so I suggest that you take some time alone and write it out. Write out just inventory. Where did I feel bad? When did I feel bad? Where did I feel hurt? Where did I feel mistreated? And then the next step is once you've got that list to look at, all right, how was, what was happening in that situation that was out of sync with who I really am, with what I really believe, with what I really want. What are the values and the principles that those situations were out of sync with? And you will start to see what is sacred to you, right? And what I mean by sacred, it could be your relationship with a higher power. It could be your relationship with your true authentic self. Somewhere in there is a true authentic self that has a set of values and principles that you choose to live by, a set of values and principles that give your life meaning. And when we're in a relationship with someone who's toxic, we start to disconnect from that to manage them or protect others. So that's the starting point. But there's a lot more to it than that. Other ways that we may be out of touch with our authentic self, our own values, our own commitments, there may be things that we enjoyed doing before we were with them that we stopped doing in order to please them. Um, I'll give you an, I'll tell you a story. Instead of just being a talking head, let me tell you a story. I was married once to a toxic spouse. Um, my particular toxic spouse uh, had a mental illness and without um, feeling like I'm betraying them in some way, because this is the mother of my children, they had a mental illness that was untreated, and there were a lot of things I stopped doing that I enjoyed doing in order to pick up the slack, in order to take extra special care of these children and of her at times. And when I finally separated myself from her, the first thing I rediscovered is that I really liked music. Right? Like I had stopped listening to music. I found myself in this, um, in, a, in a dinner bar music hall one night and this cover band was playing Carlos said uh, was playing Santana, not Carlos Santana, Santana songs. They were playing Abraxas, and it like it touched a place in me that hadn't been alive in so long. And I realized, wow, I have been denying myself this thing that pleases me, that uplifts me in a special way for so long. And I started to bring back listening to music. Uh, and and dancing, like dancing was really important to me, not like ballroom dancing, not like I'm an amazing dancer, but I just liked moving. And I wasn't doing those things. It was, I was so joyless. I was so on duty. 
that I had totally closed that part of my life out. And as I dug deeper, I found there were other things that I hadn't been doing. I hadn't been reading. I read, I read a lot. Of, I read a lot of fiction. I, I, at that time, I only read business books because I needed to grow the business. I needed to make more money to support this family because my partner at the time wasn't a big contributor and my children needed money. And I found that I gave up. I had had an interest in social work. At, at the time, I was not working as a coach. I had had an interest in social work and I had totally shelved it to support my family. And eventually, you know, this rediscovery of myself, my sacred self, the parts of my values, my principles led to the work that I do today with people who are divorcing a toxic spouse, with couples to, to keep them uh, in, in a happy marriage, to newlyweds who want to make sure that they have the right foundation for their future. All that came out of this journey of what is the sacrosanct for me? What are the things that I've given up that I never should have given up? The things that resonate with me, that bring me joy, that, that move my spirit. Um, and you know, for me, it was also a relationship with a higher power. For some people, it isn't. But for me, there was uh, a dependence, a connection, a personal relationship with a higher power that became so important that when I was in that relationship, I, didn't, I couldn't permit that to happen because the relationship took all the space in my life. And protecting my children and uplifting them in the face of that took all the space in my life. I was working so hard to be the good partner, working so hard to be, have a good family with a partner who was absolutely toxic in a different kind of way, in, by being absent in so many ways, that I didn't realize how deeply I had taken the poison and how I had compromised what was sacrosanct. So part of what we need to do when we separate is let's look at like, what are the things that brought us joy when we were children? What are the things that brought us joy when we were adolescents? And what happened to them? What were our creative interests? Do we still have, did we have any? Everyone is creative. We are all creative beings. If in some way you become out of touch with your sense of creativity, then that is fallout. That's a part of yourself that got cut off, you got cut off from in absorbing the toxicity of that relationship. And it needs to be brought back to life. The whole idea of when we stop taking the poison, is that as the poison leaves our system, we are brought back to life, brought back to joy. We put our children through this separation with that other parent so that they can experience what it's like to have a joyful parent in their life, not to be in a constant war zone, which, which right? I mean, otherwise, why else would we put them through the trauma of divorce? In many ways, the trauma of divorce is worse than the day-to-day experience with a toxic parent because it's scary and it's full of change and there's anger and there's hurt. But what the reason why we do it is we know that there will be a joyful, better place for us and for them. And they will see what it is like to live joyfully and alive instead of constantly poisoning those around us. That's why we do it. And so recovering what's sacred is a central part of this process. Recovering who we are, all of who we are, all the values that matter to us, all the interests that matter to us, all the creative things that matter to us, the things that bring us joy, the things that make our spirit leap. 
That's what recovering the sacred is about. And for some of us, it's going to be a relationship with a higher power. And for some of us, it's going to be a relationship with the force. And for some of us, it's going to be uh, bringing the Buddha into our lives, whatever it is. But it's bringing back a sense of connection, connection to something bigger than you, something wider than you. When we're in a toxic relationship, we are solely focused on that relationship. We are solely focused on being the person we need to be to have it work. And it never works. That's why we get out. We get out because we never get there. We never become that person. In fact, the more we twist ourselves into a pretzel trying to become that person, the more toxic the relationship becomes. What's toxic about it is we're being untrue to ourselves. And we can't blame them for that. This is really important. We cannot blame them for that. We chose them. And then we chose to change for them. We, we thought that's what we were doing. We chose to try and make it work because the value of uh, marriage was so high. Or in my case, I was never going to be like my parents. I was never going to get divorced, right? And that, that I was never going to be like my parents who had like a messy divorce, you know, was so high that I was willing to hang in there for an extra five years and suffer and pull my kids through that. And we were all poisoned in that process. And it was horrible for the toxic partner. By the way, there's no the toxic partner has no opportunity to change or grow when we're in that relationship with them. We are actually doing them a disservice by choosing to stay in that relationship. So I take full responsibility for that. And you need to also. Part of recovering our sacred self is to take responsibility for our lives. Part of recovering our sacred self is to practice what uh, some people call the stance of accountability. The stance of accountability is that you pretend that you are God, meaning that you are in control, you were in control of everything. And basically it's what we were doing in the toxic relationship anyway. We were pretending we could fix it. We were pretending we could make it better. We were pretending that if we just changed enough, they would get it and it would work and it would be wonderful and beautiful and all the things that we got into it for. We thought we were God. We tried to fix them. We tried to change them. We tried to make them better. Or maybe they're trying to fix us and change us and try to make us better. And we think if we just change enough that it's all going to work. But in any event, we think that we can make it work through our actions. So why not pretend to be God when we look at it? And pretending to be God when we look at the relationship means looking at how did it begin, where did it start to go sour, and when did it get really deeply ugly and nastily awful, and what choices did we make to allow it to happen that way? We act as if we made that happen. And if we were in that position again, how would we choose differently? What would be if we had complete responsibility for every situation? Let me give you an example, completely out of reality. Um, if they were driving a car drunk and we were in it and they crashed the car and one of our children was in a coma, the sense of accountability would be to say, it is my responsibility that they were driving the car drunk and that our child was in the car and the car child was in a coma. If I had refused to get in the car with the children in the first place, that wouldn't have happened. Or if I had followed my instinct that maybe was something wrong and not gotten in the car, if I had insisted on them pulling over and me and the children walking home, that wouldn't have happened. And even though that's probably an unreal stance, 
it allows us to see where are all the points in that process where we might maybe have altered that reality. And we don't do it to beat ourselves up and say, oh my God, my child's in a coma because of me, if only I had acted differently. That's typically how people use the sense of accountability, by the way. They use it as a way to beat themselves up. We use it as a way to see who is the person, who is the highest self that exists inside of me, that had I allowed them to come forth in that moment, things might have been different. And that's what this is about. We're recapturing our highest, most alive, most authentic self that we have sublimated to try and make a dead relationship alive. And taking the stance of accountability as a way to look at what would my highest, most authentic self have done if it had taken a stand at some point and changed that reality. And it's not, again, not a tool to beat ourselves up. It's a tool to see who is that high, most authentic self that we have pushed to the side and how can we allow it to live? Because to move forward, and we need to move forward for the sake of our children and for our own sake, to move forward with this other parent who the law requires us to have an ongoing relationship with and who therapists insist are important and vital to our children, we are gonna need to be our biggest, wholest, most authentic self. And so part of this stance is figuring out who the heck is that? Where does that person live in me? Our biggest, most authentic self is a person who lives by values, a person who lives by integrity, a person who does what they say, a person who has a sense of connection, a person who does all these things and lives in this way. And so that's, a big part of recovering our sacred and sacrosanct self. And as we move on to the next step, we're gonna take that authentic self and come from that place because the next steps have to do with forgiveness, forgiveness of ourself and believe it or not, forgiveness of the other person. Wow, that was a mouthful. All right, so recovering your sacred self, separating yourself and rediscovering who you are, all of who you are, acknowledging the warts, and acknowledging the strengths, the, where the power lives, this is recovering the sacrosanct and protecting it, standing by it, living by that person, living by those values and principles. That's what this is about. And it's huge and it's healing. We are a whole and complete person as we lean into this process. And as usual, if you have any questions, you can reach me at rich at richinrelationship.com, R-I-C-H at R-I-C-H-I-N-R-E-L-A-T-I-O-N-S-H-I-P.com. Or if you want to have a call with me, go to bit.ly forward slash end of the fight, all one word, bit.ly end of the fight, bit.ly forward slash end the fight. And you can have a free 30 minute consult and we'll, I'll help you figure out what to do next in your relationship. Thank you and have an awesome, awesome day.